and that day i just enter the bedroom i lock the bedroom from inside and vijay that day i just robbed that piggy bank for that petrol piece we had all the option of giving up that day because that was a limit there was an emotional uh, limit for us to do anything because imagine a parents robbing the piggy bank of his son and going for a meeting This is episode number 23 of The Inspiring Talk with entrepreneur and storyteller Praveen Vadalkar. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Hey there, thank you very much for joining me in this yet another awesome episode of the Inspiring Talk podcast. First thing first, I have this podcasting workshop in Mumbai. So if you are in Mumbai, block your calendar for 25th of February 2018. In this one full day workshop, I will walk you through the entire process involved in launching your own podcast right from coming out with idea and publishing episode number 1 and everything that comes in between if launching your own podcast is one of your goals for 2018 this workshop is for you you will learn everything you will ever need to launch your own awesome podcast don't miss this opportunity to learn from me you can find more details and grab your pass for this event by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/workshop and i'm limiting number of participants to only first 30 because i want to give individual attention to each one of you and help you launch your own podcast so block your seat right now by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/workshop that is theinspiringtalk.com/workshop guys i'm super pumped for my guest for the day praveen vadalkar Praveen is a co-founder and CEO of Techiza Tech Solution, a highly specialized healthcare IT consulting firm whose presence is felt in over 100 companies across the Asia. He is a storyteller by passion and has shared his stories in different platforms including two TEDx talks. His talks on someone's watching me SWM disease, a condition where we change our decisions just because we think what people will think about us. has been well received by viewers he is also an author of the book stop taking medicines where he explores the issues of medicine non adherence so as to raise awareness in this episode prabin talks about how he built invincible mindset upon his son without preaching him how he was able to take his company to different part of the world by robbing his 6 year old son's piggy bank why pravin used random cheats to decide his next responsibility in his office the emotional moment of hugging his dad for the first time in 30 years and how important executing the first thought is and lot more Guys, make sure you share this episode with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 23, that is 23. Now, without further ado, let me welcome the one and only Praveen Vadalkar. I'm super pumped for this one, guys. Praveen Vadalkar is here chatting with me today. Hey, Praveen, welcome to The Inspiring Talk. Hi, Vijay. Thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure in having you here, brother. Thank you. Your life journey is pretty interesting and you have come along a long way and I really enjoyed your TED talk. It was pretty interesting and you have very beautifully put forth the idea of SWM, someone's watching me disease. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we will talk about that in greater details sure. in a while. Sure. So, I'd like to begin this interview mm-hmm. from your early days in your life mm-hmm. please share a bit about your upbringing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what was your childhood like okay my childhood was very interesting i think there's something which are uh, there are few incidences of my childhood which really shaped my life uh, if i if i go back to my memory lane uh, the one incident which is very close to me uh, when i was in ninth standard and i failed in ninth standard and, and yeah and then i decided to run away 
I remember me and my friend whole summer vacation before the results we used to discuss what we should do if you fail and mm-hmm. we knew that we are going to fail <laughs> so we decided we decided to run away to mumbai and uh, and i think i spent 3 days uh, in mumbai uh, on platforms uh, where did you come from i where you used to live nasik i used to uh, oh. yeah my native is nasik so i did my schooling mm-hmm. uh, from nasik All right. So when I came back uh, after 3 days uh, from Mumbai, I think there was one incident which is very close to my heart and I realized in those 3 days is that I uh, I really missed my family and I came very close to my family after that incident. Mhm. But after that I think uh, uh I realized the importance of uh, you know staying with family, importance of studies and the same guy who failed in 9th standard was uh, ranked 1 in 11th standard. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. How did that shift or change happen? Was that those 3 days that uh, turned your life or uh, the maturity that you gained or what was that? No, honestly speaking, as a storyteller, I I practice honesty whenever I share stories. So honestly speaking, I remember one day my mom told me that, you know, Praveen, I'm my brother, uh your elder brother and uh, he's very good in studies. and one day my mom told me that pravin see he is good in studies he will become engineer and he will get good wife good job and you are doing nothing in your life and your life will be completely messed and that one conversation with my mother somehow stuck me and then from that day i started studying so that's the honest answer to your question <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely mm. and then i studied a lot i think but i think uh, if you see my educational uh, journey mhm 11th standard was the only year where i really gave my really hard work otherwise it was a very average educational journey i did mm-hmm. my i did my graduation in pharmacy and that too from a very small interior called loni it's a place near shirdi 28 kilometers away from shirdi mm-hmm. and uh, our family background was not that uh, rich that we mm-hmm. were we were not planning for mba or something like that a graduation was the limit and all were waiting my parents were waiting that when we will do the graduation and join the job mm-hmm. so what did your parents do my parents my dad uh, actually when he was 17 years old or 18 years old in fact he joined indian army and then uh, he served indian army for almost 30 years mm-hmm. and uh, after 30 years uh, uh, when he left the army got retired is not well, uh, very well educated he just completed his uh, third standard so when a guy who just completed third standard when he retired from indian army there are not many job opportunities so my dad then decided to become a rickshaw driver yeah and then mm-hmm. he drove rickshaw almost for 10 years to manage the education and to manage the family expenses oh so mm-hmm. half the life he did uh, serve indian army but then after that he for a long period of time he was uh, he was driving a rickshaw. <laughs> so you said in your TEDx talk mm-hmm. that you didn't tell people that your dad was a rickshaw driver. What did you say when somebody asked, you know, what does your dad do? What were those excuses <laughs> or maybe, you know, what were those lies? I think the best excuse was my dad is a ex-serviceman or he's a ex-army man, he fought in uh-huh. wars and what he's doing right now nothing. He's like he just retired now. Mm. I whenever someone used to ask me that what do you dad I used still you know I uh, used to say that he's he's an army or he's an ex army man I never mm. used to share with them about rickshaw How long did it take for you to realize that you know why the hell should I hide this thing For long period of time I I think uh, when I completed my graduation I joined a company called Sipla a pharmaceutical company Uh, there also i don't remember i sharing about my dad you know i used to hesitate to share about my dad mm-hmm. and even after after graduation for 4 to 5 years when i was in my job mm-hmm. then i uh, normally i used to avoid or i used to hesitate to share about his identity so what are the some of very important traits or qualities that you acquired from your dad mm-hmm. and want to pass on to your kids by the way how many kids do you have i have only one <laughs> oh okay yes I would say two. One is of course my son Arno, and then I have a dog named Zeki. <laughs> so Arno is eleven years old, and Zeki is uh, six months old now. Yeah. So what are some of those traits that <laughs> you acquired from your dad that you want to pass on to your kids? I think the first most important thing which I have learned from him uh, is that 
as a rickshaw driver he always used to tell me that praveen there is always someone waiting for you at next stop so don't just give up just go just move on just move on so mm. uh, he never see he had all the opportunities of giving up in his life so he served mm. indian army for 30 years and uh, many of his friends they mm-hmm. didn't do anything after that or they did mm. a very simple job he had all the opportunities in his life uh, saying that okay i even i will do a very simple job of uh, 2000 3000 rupees and uh, maybe you just don't go for a good education just go for average education but i remember uh, he worked hard he he worked hard for 12 hours 13 hours just to ensure that me and my brother we get a good education hmm so he didn't give up so one thing which is the heart of the story for everyone's life is that you know no matter how, what kind of situations we are if you don't give up then we are always a winner mm-hmm. so that maybe that value i still i am not in a favor of uh, giving values to kids at so early stage because it's better they just observe and learn rather than we teaching them but yes if i want to develop one value uh, from uh, in my son is uh, of course is that value which he should develop and never give up and he is actually developing developing this let me share one story with you yeah sure uh, we all are mountaineers at home you know if you are mm-hmm. aware, aware about hmi himalayan mountaineering institute so i i am a a certified uh, hmi certified uh, mountaineer my wife is a a grade hmi certified mountaineer and we also promote mountaineering with my son arnav So it seems to me that you know this uh, mountaineering trait come from uh, your wife. Yes, uh, it seems yes. to me that she comes from this background, and <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I just I just realized that you know yes, you said that yes. your wife is also certified. Yeah, please yes. go ahead. So I remember last year Arna went to Himalayan trek. Uh, there's a, a trek which is around fourteen thousand feet, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a ten days trek. He went alone with the group. We were not there, and uh, it's called Dharwa Top. Mm-hmm. and uh, he reached around 12000 feet just one night previous uh, when they were going to go do summit and he got ill that night mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. had fever and when once you reach 12000 feet you can't contact the phones are not working you cannot contact parents back so he was sharing this with me when he came back but when we were going from airport to home he was sharing this with me so he said i got ill and then uh, i thought uh, many of other core trackers even they decided to stay back and not go on the top next morning and only few were going so i went to my instructor i said ki sir i am i have fever i have cough uh, what i should do so the instru- instructor said just you decide you take a decision uh, mm-hmm. if you want to go up then just go just give your best don't give up which i have learned from my dad mm-hmm. but uh, next day 6 am in the morning he got up and he decided to go So I asked him why are now you had all the option of staying back not to go take rest there were other core trackers with whom you can could have taken rest on that day so he said uh, that I reached 12000 feet and reaching 12000 feet was like uh, uh, going or winning the semi final and once I have win the semi final then how can I give up I have to play for finals so I decided to go so this is something which i think uh, we have never taught this values because i don't think that values can can be we can teach value to kids they have to just observe and learn from the family and friends and the world hope i answered your question yeah so uh, maybe you know many parents listening to this uh, would uh, love imbibing that kind of mindset in their kids you know which is very uh, crucial to make your kids understand that everything is possible and you should not give up so how do you imbibe this maybe if you have some stances in your mind or like i did this so mm-hmm. maybe from there my son has acquired or learned that skill mm-hmm. so what is what what do you do mm-hmm. to imbibe those skills mm-hmm. yeah that's a very interesting question as I, as i told you that you know uh, i remember sachin tendulkar's mother once she came on the stage and uh, she's very hesitant to come on the stage many of us have not heard sachin tendulkar's mother mm-hmm. but there's a very rare interview available on youtube where the host asks sachin tendulkar's tendulkar's mother that how it's possible that such a legend uh, such a big guy and we heard that whenever he speaks with a rickshaw driver also or with a coolie also a very small guy also he speaks very respectfully mm-hmm. what what you have done how you have you know, uh, you know what kind of upbringing you have given or what kind of values you have given to him mm-hmm. and she said very clearly that you cannot teach values to kids the kids just observe and they decide what value they should pick from the family 
This is exactly what we are doing in our life. Me and my wife, we are just working hard. We are just, you know, whatever we are taking decisions, we are sticking to it. Uh, we are stretching our limits. So he's just observing his parents and then he's picking values from that. So I don't remember me and my wife sitting with my son and teaching them that this is correct, this is wrong. No. Hmm. Let me give one example. Uh, I'm a runner. I'm a half marathon runner. And I do half marathon in less than two hours. Wow. And uh, I run a lot. I run at least 100 kilometers per month as a part of my training. Wow. That's and awesome. I, yes. And uh, to do 100 kilometers, I have to run at least four days in a week. So five kilometers, eight kilometers, five kilometers, eight kilometers. That's a cycle. So where do you want, where do you want to run just before this interview? I run in the night. <laughs> yeah, you run in the yeah, night. Yeah, All right. I, I run in the night around 9.30, 10 o'clock. So once I go home. Oh. And if I am tired, I definitely run. Because once I run, I, I, get, <laughs> I feel fresh. Yeah. So it was yeah. monsoon. It was raining a lot. And um, uh, my son said, Dad, don't go today. Don't go mm-hmm. for run. So I mm-hmm. said, son, it's not about running. I took the decision that I will go for run today. It's all about sticking to my decision. Mm-hmm. So I'm sticking to my decision, son. And this is always in his mind. Once decision taken, decision taken. Then we have to stick to it. So I never sat with him, teaching him that, see, that what is the importance of decision making? I did something from which he has learned. Yeah, yeah. This example makes a perfect sense. You know, that's something that I really wanted to uh, wanted you to share with my audience because uh, a lot of parents, what they do is sit down and give hours of lecture on being disciplined, you know, mm-hmm. having that winning mindset. And at the yeah. end, what they are doing and their accent does not map to what they are speaking. Right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right. so, so this is something that really we should be mm-hmm. looking forward as a parents uh, to imbibe those kind of traits in our kids. Right. Yeah, that right. should be by mm-hmm. be someone that you want your kids to be. That is very powerful. That was very powerful, Praveen. Thank you. Uh, now, Praveen, you talk a lot about a disease that is widespread and each one of us are suffering or must have encountered you know in our life and it's called SWM someone's watching me disease right so uh, what do you think why do you think rather we are so concerned about others opinion see uh, someone watching me disease is on surface it sounds okay you know is a simple disease but if you go deep especially in this country there are girls who are being pushed in wrong marriage because of swm disease there are you no know, kids who are being pushed in wrong education because of swm disease mm-hmm. uh, i remember even my if you take my marriage also uh, no mm-hmm. even when i was a child my mom used to tell me that pravin do anything but don't even think for intercaste marriage and mm. we are a hardcore Hindu people, you know, and uh, she said very clearly that don't even think intercaste and even even in your wildest dream, don't even think to marry a Buddhist girl. Mm. And mm. then I, I, I fall in love with a Buddhist girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. uh, I faced a huge problem in my life because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in my marriage, there were hardly four to five people oh. from both the side. Oh. Right. Were your parents there? My parents, yeah. My parents finally agreed. My oh, parents oh. finally agreed that, uh, you know, okay, if we have taken the decision, take the decision. But they were against it. But they said, Ki, okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. They didn't stop me. All right. So, uh, so I think SWM disease is really impacting many lives in India. And uh, mm. somewhere uh, people have to believe that you have only one life. And uh, people should not decide that what you should do in your life. Mm-hmm. Until unless you're not harming someone physically, mentally, and emotionally, everything is correct. Yeah. So you have you have all the rights of deciding your own dreams. Doesn't matter you are an engineer and you want to do a photography, or doesn't matter you are Hindu or want to marry a Buddhist girl or a Muslim girl. Doesn't matter. It's like your life. You should decide what you should do, not people. And I am that's why I'm writing even my second book on SWM. I'm actually finding stories where people have overcome SWM disease and uh, their example for others that mm-hmm. you should live for yourself, not for others. So, um, how can one come out of this? I won't say life threatening, but mm-hmm. I I would like to call this as a potential suppressant disease. You know that mm-hmm. doesn't allow us to express ourselves to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. So, how can we come out of this? How to come out? Even in my TEDx talk, I have you know tried to explain this. 
I, I really yeah, love that yeah. uh, last scene <laughs> where you when you put your sunglasses. Yeah. That was like spectacular. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah, guys, if you have not checked his TEDx talk, go ahead and check that TEDx talk. Lot to learn and. uh he has you know put it forward very beautifully what is swm and how you can come out of that and no doubt praveen is a very you know phenomenal storyteller so he uses that power in this in that tedx talk so maybe i'll link that on the show notes of this episode sure, so sure. you may like to check the show notes sure. yeah praveen go ahead yeah. so i think the easiest way to come out from this is to you know to realize or to accept it that no one is watching you world is busy right just this is your mm-hmm. inside fear a lack of fear or lack of passion that is stopping you and most of the time which i have seen also that people normally use this as an excuse mm. that i don't want to do this because what people will say mm. imagine when i completed i was doing very well in my life and i was a senior marketing manager in a multinational company and then suddenly i decided to quit the job mm-hmm. now the the first thought came in my mind that what people will say yeah that is doing so good and why he want to quit the job and start his own business where he has no experience of business he no one in our family did business you know about my family background mm-hmm. but then it's our life it's my life i have to decide so answer to this question that how to manage sdwm disease is to first accept it that someone is not outside that someone is inside mm-hmm. don't use this excuse in life that you know just what people will say what they will say that's why i don't want to do this just do it <laughs> go ahead do this <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you you really made a very good point here when you said uh, like you know uh the the one of the uh, very you know crucial thing about swm disease is just making or fooling yourself saying that nobody is watching at you and for the matter of fact on december of 2012 you know i met in uh, this accident where i had to undergo surgery on my left eye because of corneal abrasion and i normally wear these power glasses you know and when my stitches were on my eye i couldn't wear those glasses and as it broke on that accident and i had not got a new one yet Mm-hmm. as i was waiting f- to recover and then i will get uh, those uh, new glasses with new power so mm-hmm. i got this you know cheap black sunglasses pretty something like you know very easy mm-hmm. or old people wear right so when i had mm-hmm. to go out to see doctor with my dad i wore those glasses which mm-hmm. i would have never mm-hmm. never would have you know considered wearing mm-hmm. so uh mm-hmm. if i was normal mm-hmm. so uh so you know mm-hmm. uh, since I was in that circumstance and one thing that stuck to my head uh, when I came back home is why the hell I was not so concerned about what other people thought of me it was ins- mm-hmm. insane right i was wearing that weird sunglasses and still not afraid yeah. of being judged why and then mm-hmm. i realized that was not because those people were not looking at me and giving those yeah. looks that we all are afraid of but it was i was mm-hmm. not able to see mm-hmm. them as my left eye was mm-hmm. sealed and the other other one right had a blurry vision and the reason why people around me were not visible to me mm. i mean it was not like you know uh, mm. they were not looking at me but i was just not looking at them right so my eyes were creating an kind of illusion that there's no one around me so right, yeah. since i made it my mantra that you know nobody is looking mm. at me every everyone is so busy mm. thinking that you know the, the, what other people are thinking about them they are not thinking of me yes. so <laughs> and and that has been my mantra and that has helped me you know yeah, to yeah, fight this swm yeah. at certain uh, instances right you know yeah the the first mm. first feeling mm. is always going to be like mm. you know what they yeah. might think and the yeah. another thing is like conscious effort to change that and say they are not looking at me mm-hmm. and and then that just switch switch mm-hmm. the kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, your perspective of your brain yeah, right. so yeah just i i wanted to add that mm-hmm. so i just recall this incident you know correct right right and i i must share this that you know it is such a good feeling now, even this example mm. is a, such a beautiful example is such a good feeling when you are liberated you are free you know you are you are mm-hmm. out and then uh, you are not worried about people you are not yeah, people yeah. conscious mm-hmm. in your heart you you know that you are not doing something wrong you are just living the moment and such a liberated feeling but i feel very uh, concerned about those people who are always worried about what people are watching yeah. me and what people will say this and their action their movement is all influenced by what others are watching me i think that is captivity yeah, it's not freedom and guys you must captivity. know there is not freedom nobody gives a 
shit about how you look yeah, right exactly. so so <laughs> because they are too busy <laughs> thinking about themselves exactly. sorry for uh, doing that but yeah so yeah. i just wanted to yeah. make sure that you understand this very well uh, so guys stop thinking what people are thinking because they are not thinking <laughs> right, they are not thinking about you. yeah yeah all right so coming back to your journey okay. uh, you went on to start your own venture mm-hmm. where did you get that inspiration of starting your own company okay now there's a very interesting question now and uh, let me give a very honest answer to this is like uh, me and my wife we were doing very good in our life uh, she was a senior manager in aristo pharma and i was a senior manager in mylan no liabilities nothing no uh, no home loans no sister waiting for marriage nothing mm-hmm. and life was very cool we were flying every month we were staying in five star hotels and uh, we were well settled in mumbai and one day i remember we were just watching one movie called rocket sing ah <laughs> i don't know whether you have seen that movie <laughs> yeah yeah i have seen i have seen yeah. it seen yeah, yeah. So those were i hope awesome. you didn't use company's telephone to start your company no Anyways. no i didn't use <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that movie uh, that movie was very simple message that a common man can build a company and i still remember after watching that movie we looked at each other and i said uh, dear can we build a company mhm and uh, within a six month we both mm-hmm. quit the job and we started mm-hmm. a company hmm that was a huge risk you know i was uh, anticipating that you know one of you must have left and one of one of you were there on a the helpline like you know if something goes wrong i'm here to support mm. uh, because i have this job but i mean that's a huge risk that both of you quit yes. your job then what happened that happened something which was not <laughs> expected uh, uh we did a lot of mistakes because and most of the first generation entrepreneurs they do these kind of mistakes because i meet a lot of entrepreneurs now i uh, i spend a lot of time with startups also now and uh, i always share this few mistakes which i have done one of the biggest mistake people do especially those who are first generation entrepreneurs they start something where they have no experience mm-hmm. now if you see me and my wife collectively we had spent around 20 years in pharma marketing mm-hmm. we were expert in marketing mm-hmm. and we started something on recruitment ah i remember in 2011 uh, there was a boom of uh, nokra.com and monsters Mm-hmm. and i was a tech guy even though i did graduation in pharmacy but i love technology mm-hmm. even as a product manager as a marketing manager i used to do a lot of campaigns which is technology based when i was mm-hmm. doing job so i thought there is a huge scope of developing a recruitment website which is only for pharma now i had no experience of recruitment recruitment is completely ball different ball game mm-hmm. and uh, we had used all you no know, collective 20 years of learnings and earnings to build this business mm-hmm. and we had a team of around 3 to 4 people and it was very difficult to manage that business it's like uh, we were getting some some uh, you no know, revenue from one or two companies but uh, very difficult to manage the operations and give salaries and uh, there was a day when my wife came to me and she said pravin uh there is one meeting in bandra bkc there's a place called bkc in mumbai where most of the offices they have and uh, she said pravin you have to go for this meeting i said of course this is an important meeting let me go and then uh, i said there's a problem but she said what problem i said i don't even have 20 rupees in my pocket to buy a local train ticket <laughs> so i remember yeah. i i going back to my home because that, in that day my office was very close because actually the office was in the same buildings near gala if you see in any big buildings uh, ground floor is galas so in my office was smaller than the current conference room where i'm sitting right now so uh, and uh, i went to my home and i started searching i opened the door and my son was 6 years old uh, in those days he was sitting down because by that time we had sold everything we had sold uh, not only uh, uh, the gold and uh, we started selling the you know maybe the sofa the refrigerator the fridge everything we had sold to manage that small business and mm-hmm. already we had lost uh, all our savings in building that portal and i started searching for that 20 rupees uh, at my in in hall first i didn't get it then i opened the kitchen i started searching for the 20 rupees in kitchen mm-hmm. it was not there 
then i open the bedroom even if you come to my home and i love mm-hmm. to have you at my home even yes. if you open the you know my bedroom's door yeah yeah i would be probably coming to mumbai next month so definitely sure please, we got a catch up please, please come so even if you come today and open the door you will see a small you know yellow color round piggy bank of my 6 years old son still there ah, ah. and that day i just entered in the bedroom i locked the bedroom from inside and bijay that day i just robbed that piggy bank for that petrol piece Hmm. I still remember when I was just going out from the main door my son said dad and for a moment I thought he caught me red handed mm-hmm. you know and I was walking on the road uh, you know little tears in my eyes and that was the heaviest walk I have ever taken in my life because because of the, the sure. weight of the coins in my pocket yeah. and in the evening when me and my wife were sitting together we were talking to each other we had all the option of giving up that day because that was the limit there was an emotional uh, limit for us to do anything was imagine a parents robbing the piggy bank of his son and going for a meeting mm. and uh, uh, we said no we thought okay let's go let's go back because we left the uh, job at very good stage it was not that we were not doing good in our life in job and you know that's why we left the job so mm-hmm. the people were there to take us back again and we had all the options of going back to our jobs but still then we decided no we will not give up let's try and then we decided to shut that business and then we okay. uh, of we learned that let's do something which we have learned last 20 years marketing so if you see the current company uh, takaiser is is a completely a company which provide a technological solution to marketing teams of pharmaceutical companies Mm-hmm. and wherever we have mm-hmm. reached today you know whether we have a team of 75 people or we are operating in india dubai uh, south korea sri lanka wherever we have reached today is just because of that evening we decided mm-hmm. not to give up wow wow yeah, awesome i mean uh, it it takes guts right to both of you quitting the job and then uh, sitting home and starting your business and then coming to that decision yes. of giving up on that so yeah, yeah. so that was pretty tough phase of your life and i think that was the biggest challenge that you have faced in your life uh, is there any other uh, challenges or failures that you want to share yeah so uh, rather than failure i would i would say my understanding of entrepreneurship has completely changed you know mm-hmm. as a solo traveler you know i do a solo travel every 3 to 4 months i just go 4 to 4 to 5 days out and mm-hmm. uh, no connection with this world and i just no no mobile nothing and i just travel mm-hmm. and this realization was there in one of my solo travel when i was just sitting near a lake there are two types of travelers and if you understand this you will understand your personality and if you understand your personality it will help you to understand whether you should do business or job in your life so there are two types of solo travelers one uh, imagine one guy who will see a lake a beautiful lake he will put his bag down pitch the tent and maybe if he has four days he will spend all four days in front of that beautiful lake that is mm-hmm. one the person mm-hmm. who likes stability mm-hmm. right nothing wrong and right here there's a personality of that person that he likes stability another type of type of traveler is just like me who will reach that lake okay beautiful lake i will put my bag i will pitch my tent or i will sit there for two hours three hours and then i will move even mm. i don't know where i will be after few few hours the mm-hmm. person who likes unstability mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with the liking stability or unstability but job and entrepreneurship is all about stability and unstability in job everything is stable and certain perfect you, example you know where you will be after 3 years 4 years you know what bank balance you will have you know which car will be in front of your door my plus minus 10% deviation if you are doing good in your life you will not go wrong entrepreneurship mm. is absolute instability the car which i have i don't know whether i will have a better car than this or even i will go back to you know smaller car the flat i am staying i don't know whether i will have a better flat or i will go back to a smaller flat once you start enjoying instability and uncertainty in your life that is entrepreneurship but i am ready for both the things i am ready for high also i am ready for low also i will enjoy that also i will enjoy this also once mm. you start enjoying this mindset entrepreneurship is the place business is the place where you should live your life right but if you like stability be in job life is stable certain everything is certain there nothing right and wrong 
But once you understand your personality, you can change your career. You can plan your career. So this is this is understanding which uh, no, I, I live with. And I'm a guy who love and uh, I do this in my work also. How do I start my work? Now, once I finish this you know, uh, talk, I, mm-hmm. I have seven to eight core responsibilities in my work every day. So what I do, I have made a small, small chit of seven to eight works. Example, mm-hmm. example, I have to spend one hour with my managers. That is one core responsibility. So like this, I have seven to eight chits in my uh, small box. So I come every day in the morning. I just throw the chits. I pick one chit. I don't know what I will be doing next. Okay. Because okay. I like that. So I do that. Then I pick the new next chit. I don't know what I will be doing next. So two things happening here. I'm doing something which is matching or helping my personality. And second thing, I'm making sure that all my core responsibilities, I'm taking one step further today. I'm hmm. spending at least half an hour, one hour on this core responsibility. And you are not sure what, what might come I next. don't know what will be happening <laughs> next. Of course, there will be some emergency work and all those. Yeah, that yeah. is part and parcel. But I make it a point that I use my personality. No, I understand my personality and I use that to improve the productivity in my life. Wow. So uh, let's talk about Praveen as a speaker, public speaker. You have stood as a speaker of the day nine times out of ten at Mumbai Toastmasters Club. Interesting. Yes. Was that yeah, was that a competent communicator module of Toastmasters or uh, another one? So nine out of ten time was uh, around eight to nine months ago. If you see the current, I have given around eighteen speeches, mm-hmm. and out of that, uh, seventeen times I won the best speech of the day award. Oh, awesome! <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And uh, I'm doing now, I completed my uh, CC, that is Competent Communicator, and I'm doing, I've completed my storytelling manual also, five speeches. And I'm doing now entertaining manual. Mm. So I will be completing my silver maybe within uh, 15 days. Wow, awesome, awesome. And uh, I remember that day, uh, our family was sitting together and we were just discussing, uh, let's uh, discuss which are the three best decisions of your life. And I out of you know the third decision of course two were different but one decision was for me the main decision was joining toastmaster club one of the best decisions of my life because you know toastmasters actually helped me to understand that yes even i can share and win hmm. and uh, i remember all 18 speeches are stories for me and what do you mean by stories stories in the sense something which has happened with me or around me and i've learned something from it and it's worth sharing with the world that's a story for me so it has to be truth and it has really helped me to develop the skills i'm still learning that skills Mm -hmm. but to develop the skills of uh, picking one incident from your life and converting that into a story and sharing with the world which is i think responsibility of everyone because we learn so much from our life and if it is worth sharing with the world uh, it has to be shared and this is exactly even your platform is what is your platform is a platform where people are just sharing stories and people are learning from each other so what i realized in this in the journey of uh, one and a half years of toastmaster is storytelling is just not a skill it's a responsibility and i've heard some amazing stories during this journey and i also teach storytelling to kids I must share this story with you, Vijay. Yeah. You know, I was I, I was teaching to kids storytelling, and I was just sensitizing and motivating them to come on the stage and share their stories. Mm-hmm. And one girl shared a story. She was 13 years old, and you know, she was standing in front of us. And she said, "When I was uh, when I was seven years old, my grandfather he got paralyzed. Mm-hmm. His half body was completely paralyzed." And uh, he was always shouting, screaming, and me and my parents, we were thinking that, you know, especially I was thinking that, why is there at my home? He's bringing so much of stress uh, in my home. And uh, uh, I didn't used to like him. But then one day, suddenly I decided that, uh, let me sit beside him. And after a long time, I sat beside him. And for the first time, uh, he just uh, pat my shoulder. He just cleared my hairs from my forehead. And he smiled. And for the first time in my life, I realized that he loves me. He cares for me. And after that, within a week, he died. Now, the reason why he, that lady was 13 years old girl was sharing this story with us because she said that there are people in your life who might not be in good condition, but just love them. Because 
no maybe once you realize that you love them or they love you it's too late mm-hmm. imagine a 13 years old girl sharing this story and giving this message to us it's like so i have I've learned some amazing stories in my last one and a half year journeys of as a storyteller wow. and we learn a lot from it mm-hmm. so um so since you have done these lot of talks and uh, you have even mm-hmm. two times you have given ted tedx talks right yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have been a public speaker so what makes a great speech okay that's a very interesting question <laughs> and i know that you know toastmasters would love talking about this <laughs> yeah i will tell you what makes a great speech see if after your speech after your presentation doesn't matter whether you are where you are giving this presentation very at office or maybe in public forum after your presentation just stop there for some time right if audience is coming to you i am not saying all the audience if few people are coming to you okay let's make a scale of 1 to 5 mm-hmm. okay 5 mm-hmm. 5 is the best and 1 is the less so if people are not coming to you you give yourself zero because you have not made audience comfortable even to come to you and approach mm-hmm. you right so you just give yourself zero okay. if people are coming to you if we have people are coming to you and saying this thank you very much for coming here then you consider yourself that your speech is one on the scale of 1 to 5 uh-huh. okay if people are coming to you and saying this ki uh, we liked you your uh, uh, no i like the way you spoke i like your body language then you consider yourself maybe 3 out of 5 mm-hmm. if people are coming to you after your speech and they talk about your message mm-hmm. right this is the wow good message you have given thank you very much i resonate you know this has happened with me if they start sharing something about their life which is connected with your message yeah. you give give yourself four mm-hmm. and the ultimate is if the ultimate speech is if you see people coming to you and they have acted on your message let me give an example let me elaborate on mm-hmm. this when i gave my tedx talk and uh, i was just standing there along with other speakers and you know audience few people were coming to us and speaking one guy came to me and he said sir many people came to me uh, came and i attended many conferences many talks but it never happened in my life i always used to think that i should go and approach the speaker and mm-hmm. talk but i used to think what others will say as he what is going <laughs> and standing and speaking with them yeah after listening to your talk this time i decided no let me go and let me speak to the speakers if people are taking action on your message you have got 5 out of 5 yeah 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 absolutely so that is the answer to your question what makes a great speech if people are taking action on your message i think that this scale is practical in terms if if your speech was spectacular if people loved your speech they are definitely come up there and tell you how they feel and you know did they resonate with your message and all those stuff So we are coming to an uh, end of this round, and after that, we will start with the enlightening round. So before we move on to enlightening round, can you share a bit about uh, stop taking medicines? This is your book, and what is this all about? Okay, uh, if you see my healthcare journey, I've spent around sixteen uh, years now, and uh, initial ten years I was in job, and if you analyze those ten years, out of those ten years, eight years I've spent time in a therapy called HIV and AIDS. so in hiv and aids i was a, i was uh, initially i was uh, in sales so i used to sell these medicines and after that i was in marketing so i used to develop strategies to sell these medicines in marketing mm-hmm. and in hiv and aids i have seen people dying just because they miss their medicines wow. yeah because uh, it is very important essential if someone is suffering from aids they have to take this medicines on time because this virus is very dangerous if you don't take medicine this on time uh, it replicates it's just like a spring mm-hmm. your medicine is just pressing mm-hmm. that spring you remove the uh, hand and the spring will bounce back and uh, later on i realize when i've seen this pain later on uh, i realize that this non adherence in scientific word it's called non adherence to medicine is there in every disease Uh, even in diabetes even in hypertension now in india we are not very aware about this but if you if you see in us they have done a very organized studies on non adherence and they say that every 5 minutes one person is dying in us because of non adherence related issues now understand the health literacy is much higher in us compared to india 
So if every five minutes one person is dying there, imagine what is seen in India. I have seen many people, you know, going for angioplasty, and then when we meet them, they said, "I wish I could have not stopped my medicines." And just because I stopped my medicines, I land mm-hmm. up in this critical or dangerous situation. So, uh, so I thought there is there has to be something which can sensitize people to understand this topic and the strategies which can help them to improve uh, medicine adherence. So I decided to write a book on this. I met a lot of doctors. I met a lot of patients. And this book is all about various strategies how which can help them to improve medicine adherence. So, and if I have to give one strategy, now, especially in diabetes and hypertension, people have to take medicines lifelong. Correct? Mm-hmm. Now, if it is... People, if they understand that which medicines they are taking and how it works and what will happen if it, if they don't take this medicine, if they, even if they have this basic information, even that information will improve adherence. Because what is happening currently, medicines are complete strangers for patients. They don't even try to understand that what kind of medicines they are taking. That's why we have launched a website called readmyrx.com, which is an absolutely free website where people can just go type the uh, name of the medicine which they are taking mm-hmm. and they can understand that medicine in their regional language. Because in India, there's no logic of teaching people in English. Right? My dad doesn't understand. He's taking medicine, amlodipine, for last uh, so many years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there is a pack insert in amlodipine, uh, amlopress, but he doesn't understand English. So if you go on readmyrx.com, you can just put the medicine name and then you can read in mm-hmm. your language. So my dad can read in Marathi that what kind of medicine he's taking. So there are various strategies. The first strategy is health literacy. So this book is all about these strategies that which can help patients to improve and take medicines on time. All right. So guys, if you are having some kind of issue with adherence and uh, consequences and all those stuff, make sure that you check Praveen's book. And I have linked everything, even the website that he just mentioned and the book that uh, his books and links to his website and everything I have, uh, you know, included on the show notes of this episode over at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 23. That is two, three. All right. So now it's time for the enlightening round. So Praveen, are you excited about the enlightening round? I'm always excited, Vijay. (laughs) Wow. What inspires you to do everything that you do? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. What inspires me? I think the the best thing which is really inspiring me nowadays, which I've started practicing around 15 days ago, or not 15 days, it's almost a month now, I made a video also on this, that life is all about executing the first thought. If you can execute your first thought, it means you're living in the moment. There is a big, uh, very famous TED talk on this, and they did a study to find that uh, what is the best way to stay happy? And they found that people who stay in the moment, they stay happy. And I learned recently that how to stay in the moment. And that is really inspiring for me. And when I started doing this, uh, is I'm, I'm happy every moment. And that is executing the first thought. What is coming in your mind? Just execute that. Let me give you an example. Imagine that you are traveling in the train and uh, you, are, uh, you are very hungry. And you have nothing in your bag. And then you see your co-passenger opening a tiffin which is full of paratha and you love paratha. Now the first thought will come in your mind that uh, I wish you can share one with me. But will you, will you execute that thought? You will not. No, no. Because the second thought will come, what if he says no? What people are watching? You know, last time I saw someone asking for this, then the, the person said big no. So your first thought will be killed by your second, third, fourth, fifth thought. But all the second, third, fourth is all about future or past. Your first thought is the present. I remember I doing this when I was traveling in the train. I was hungry. Someone opened the tiffin. I looked at him. I said, excuse me, your parathas are looking very tempting. Can you share one with me? And you know what? I ate two that day. And we we were friends and we were talking. So I... Even just go to a tea stall after this talk and then if you had tea and you like the tea, the first thought in your mind, tea is good. But are you saying that to that tea guy? That tea is good. Starts, I executed, I started doing this and my life is very easy. I'm very, I'm inspired and motivated and excited at every moment of my life that I'm executing my first thought. Let me give one more example and I'm so excited you know, to give this example that 
I I have a very special relationship with my dad, and my dad, you know, I of course respect and love him, and he loves me. But I don't remember I hugging my dad any time in my life. And uh, there are so many relationships like this, especially in this country, where uh, where the son and dad or father is always they have a difference between a physical distance between each other. And uh, a few days ago, I was in Nasik with my parents stay, and uh, when I was going out, and my dad was standing on the road just to wave a uh, hand to say bye to me, and the first thought came in my mind that let me hug him. So in my in 38 years, for the first time, I decided to hug him, and it was a very emotional moment. I don't know why, but it was a very emotional moment for both of us, and that is that one. Uh, that one incident has slightly changed our relationship. We were a little close. I'm not saying completely changed, but every time when we meet now, at least we shake hand. I, I, I pat on his shoulder. We don't hug every time, but a slight that distance has reduced. But it is possible only because I decided to execute that first thought in my mind that day. That thought came in my mind various times in my life, but because I'm practicing now this. so i think that is just because of you know because of this practice so all i think for everyone that's whatever you have first thing most of the time we all are good souls we are good people we don't want to harm anyone the first thought try to execute it is always good thought so which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer in your success journey i mean one daily habit is uh, listening to books and running together so if as i told you that almost every day i run i run minimum four times and maximum five times in a week but when i am running i use audible book so when i am running if i am running for 8 kilometers i run 8 kilometers almost in one hour in my practice so i am running so i am listening to book also yeah it's so powerful that so you get to learn a lot while you are on the move and while you are doing unproductive stuff and right so that's that's one of the reason that i started this podcast you know you just can listen it when you are driving and all the stuff anyways guys since he has mentioned audio audible that's a collection of audiobook so if you'd like to check and get your first free audiobook on audible make sure you visit theinspiringtalk.com/audible that is a u d i b l e you will get your first free audiobook by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/audible so probin which one book according to you is a must read for everyone looking to make their life better mm that's a very interesting question because uh, there are so many books but there's a book called uh, the noticer the noticer the noticer and then note the noticer return also mm-hmm. i haven't heard about yeah, that yeah yes andy andrew andy andrew is one of my one of my very favorite authors mm mm-hmm. and uh, this that book is really very interesting noticer also and uh, the noticer return also so to be very precise to your question i think these are the two books which i really love and i want i recommend that people should read so probin let's say you are just you have just graduated out of your college and now you are just starting on your career and uh, let's say if you have to repeat this whole journey all over again so what are those three things that you think you could have or would have done differently honestly speaking <laughs> i'll never do that is uh, the guy who always live in the present i don't know to be very precise i think whatever decisions i have made in my life i feel proud about all these decisions whether is the decisions of uh, starting as a medical representative or quitting the job or or marrying a girl where parents were saying no so i don't think so whatever happened with me happened good and whatever will happen with me will happen good i am in peace with myself <laughs> yes <laughs> i am happy the way i am yeah absolutely I'm happy yeah those hitting those rock bottoms and you know failing are also important because you learn a lot from them and uh, if you had not you know uh, robbed the piggy bank of his son maybe you wouldn't have started this company right you might have gone back to your job and uh, yeah awesome awesome i i i love that so probin would you like to share some online tool or app that you think had uh, you know contributed you or helped you a lot in becoming better mm-hmm. yeah one is of course uh, the audible app 
because mm-hmm. I've been using this for more than a year now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the beauty of this app is, of course, you get the first book, and then uh, if you pay even seven hundred or eight hundred rupees, you get one book, uh, one credit, and you can take one book. Mm-hmm. Now, many books, if you buy uh, directly, then they are very costly. Yeah, I remember there are few books which are two thousand and two thousand five hundred rupees. Uh, but if you take a proper subscription of Audible, every book is around seven hundred and eight hundred rupees for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can listen to it. Is many people they have this excuse, which is a correct excuse that they don't have time to read. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you have an Audible app, which is while traveling, while traveling, many of us travel at least half an hour or one hour every day. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so one app is of course Audible app. For uh, another app which we I have developed from my own um, academy because I have a public speaking academy. Mm-hmm. There's something called impromptu speaking. Oh. So impromptu speaking, like uh, every in various situations of your life, you just get the situation and then uh, uh, topic, and you have to speak on it. Those who are Toastmasters, they are aware about it. We call it table topics. Yeah, yeah, I have been on a Toastmasters meet yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. sometime, but I haven't joined that yet. So <laughs> it's it's on my top of my list, you know, for guess, quite some time. But uh, mm-hmm. again, I know, it's recommend. just not working out. Yeah, yeah. I strongly recommend. Please do that. So what I have done, I've created an app because we are a tech company. So we create mobile applications. So we have created an app called SpeakUp. So I start my day with SpeakUp where I just uh, click uh, the first button and then it will say, ask me every, anything. I click on ask me anything. And then one random topic will be thrown on the screen. Ah. Oh, and then beautiful. I have to I have to speak on that topic for two and a half minutes, and the recorder will start automatically. So I That's start. Beautiful. Yeah, I start my day with this because this helps me to organize my thoughts. Because speaking is all about standing in front of the people and organizing your thoughts and reproducing those thoughts. Hmm. So I I practice that. So to be very precise to your question, uh, the answer is one is Audible and second is SpeakUp app, which I use and I also recommend strongly. Wow! Wow! Awesome. So, Praveen, we have come to an end of this interview. So, uh, before I ask you the last question, uh, can you share about how can people learn more about you and connect with you and if they would like to check or read your books and what's the best way that they can connect with you and learn from you? One, you can go on my website, praveenwadalkar.com and uh, there or you can go on my YouTube channel. You can just type Praveen Wadalkar uh, on YouTube. Or you can come to my Facebook page, which is pravinmadalkar.com. Or we can connect on LinkedIn also. Guys, I have included all the links that Praveen mentioned on the show notes of this episode over at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 23. And also make sure to check his YouTube channel because recently he is on fire. Guys, he's posting a lot of videos on YouTube and Facebook and elsewhere. He's just spreading the knowledge and the expertise that he has got and the experience and you know the journey that he has come through in his life. He has started putting them uh, as a video. So make sure that you go ahead and check them. So here is the last question for you, Praveen. Yeah, Vijay. Since you are a speaker and you'd love this question, and uh, imagine that you are standing in front of a stage, uh, you are standing there on a uh, to give a talk, and there are millions of people in audience, right? You know, this is let's say the biggest stadium ever built on the world, and it's full of audience, right? Every single seats in that stadium are occupied. Wow. <laughs> and then you are there standing in front of the stage. And there you have to share your most important message that you want to give out to the world. And you only have got one minute of your time. So what would your message be to those millions of people sitting on that stadium, eagerly waiting to listen to you? Mm. What would be your message? Okay, that's very interesting. If I'm standing in front of millions of people and if I have to share one message, that message which I've already shared with you is that just live in the moment. Because it is not proven that if you want to stay happy in your life, you have to live in the moment. Now, many times we have heard this that what do you mean by that, that you have to live in the moment, don't think about the past, don't think about the future. But what do you mean by living in the moment? Living in the moment is all about executing your first thought. Whatever you have in your mind, just execute thought. 
if you want to say sorry to someone that that is coming in your mind say sorry if you want to say thank you to someone if that is coming in your mind say thank you to that some that person and most of us are good people we are good souls and uh, we don't want to harm anyone so don't challenge this by saying that you know what if uh, my first thought is to harm someone most of the time the thoughts which are harmful to someone are not your first thought they are second thought or third thought or fourth thought first thought is always good so just stay happy and the easiest way to stay happy in your life is execute your first thought that will be my simple message to all these millions of people who are standing in front of me right now <laughs> That has been phenomenal Prabhin. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Vijay. It's an absolute honor in having you here. Thank you, Vijay. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you very much for listening to this interview. It means a lot to me. I hope you learned something and if you did, make sure to share this episode with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/23 help them learn as well. And if you are in Mumbai grab your tickets for one day podcasting workshop by visiting theinspiringtalk.com/workshop use coupon code inspiring while check out to get flat 500 off on the ticket and finally is praveen shared you are here not to impress anyone do not focus on what others think about you at the end it's not going to matter at all keep doing your thing and do it consistently and never ever give up thank you for listening i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring